What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Four Verts Podcast. Uh, as usual, this episode is going to be looking at the Week 10 matchups and giving you our game picks for uh, other games around college football. So thanks for tuning in. Let's get it. Week 10, um, we all have games this week, finally. I feel like one of us ha- has had a bye, like, every week. Um, but, yeah, who wants to who wants to start us off here? I can knock mine out if y'all want. Go for it, Sid. Yeah, so uh, we got Miami this week coming off um, back-to-back losses for us. Miami looks like they have kind of found a little bit of a, a groove. A little bit of an offense. Quarterback. Yeah, they, and yeah, they found a quarterback. They've, they've come across uh, – And they found <laughs> <laughs> they've come across Tyler Van Dyke. They've uh, they've got about thirty five people now wearing headsets. <laughs> um, it's amazing what you can do when you have a quarterback yeah. and extremely good communication. All that the whole scout team has headsets. Yeah, you know, Ed Reed's over there with a headset on, telling them exactly what play's <laughs> coming next. The quarterback's got a headset in his helmet. Yeah, um, they'd be better off getting him a jersey instead of a headset. Yeah, um, but um. So no, like really that that quarterback, he's just throwing it all around. Um, he's got a little bit of a scramble capability, which really hurts us. But he's more just a true passer. Um, so that's kind of concerning. I'm I'm really not thinking their defense is is that anything uh, to worry about. Um, so I, th- I think we should be able to put up some points. But here I am sitting here again, thinking that this is going to be a game that we we can win and. I, I don't know what team we'll get. I don't know if we'll get the team that came out there and played really lights out against North Carolina or the team that played Virginia a couple of weekends ago or Pitt or whatever it is. I mean, it's really just tough to tell. Um, hopefully, you're, to this point, you're just hoping the kids don't quit, on, on at least especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so it's another week to go out there and watch Jameer play and root for Jameer. Go, <laughs> um, oh, Jameer! Hope, and then hope the rest of the guys get there. Get their shit together. Um, it is kind of good to see Jameer finding his groove, getting some space. He's breaking a lot more runs. Um, he just looks so good running the ball. It's really a shame we don't get to see him bust more of those open. But um, again, like I think, what do you I think? Manny, I think Manny Diaz is a terrible coach. I and I. Well, he's really, getting fired regardless. So yeah. And I really would just love to beat him. Like, we had no business going down there in 2019 being the, beating them as bad as the team we were, and we did. Um, so I just feel like it's kind of one of those games that who knows what the hell is going to happen. Um, hopefully we don't go down there. Um, it pisses rain. The field's a sloppy mess like it typically is. And then we're leading at the end of the game, and they run nine, nine – um, uh, swing passes to the receiver and screen us to death and drive down the field and score. Um, I think that was probably one of the maddest I've ever been a couple of years ago when that happened. They ran like nine swing screen passes to the receiver in a row and drove right down the field. So 
Um, <laughs> I'm hoping I don't live that again. Hoping somehow we go we go down there and play good football. I'm not not seeing it happening, but I guess we'll see. I hear you. Yeah, Miami's so coming the, off two ranked wins. Yeah, I guess what what the, what we actually want to know is what the over under on the amount of Nike shocks and national championship tattoos there are in the stands. Dude, i i would I would put the over under on on Nike shocks at about fifteen hundred. There's at least going to be fifteen hundred <laughs> pairs of Nike shocks, and they'll have seventeen hundred fans everybody in the stadium. In the stadium. <laughs> yeah, that's no. what I was saying. They'll have seventeen hundred fans in the stadium. And the other 200 that aren't wearing them are like kids that they don't make them. They didn't make them back then. <laughs> okay. Or they were so, born so after the nanny. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, too so young we're to thinking somewhere between 85% and 90% of the fans are going to be wearing Nike shocks. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's fair. The other, the other percentage are whatever old geezers from tech traveled down to Miami for a game. <laughs> they're wearing like Clarks or something. Hell, they might have one Nike shocks too. You never know. Shit. They'll be drinking Zimas in the parking lot <laughs> wearing brown lawyer Clark shoes or whatever you want to call them. That's the kind of fan base we're rocking with. <laughs> oh boy. It takes all kinds though. Well, who uh who wants to get into their game next? I'm gonna go ahead and get mine out of the way since uh it's not gonna be it's much gonna of be a game. Slaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um so we play Missouri Saturday, um, noon game. Just go ahead and get out of the way. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> yeah, good for them. I wish it was at 11, to be honest with you. Um, oh, my God, the spread's 38. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the biggest spread, one of the biggest spreads ever in Georgia history that we were favored by. Um, but, yeah, uh, Missouri is bad. Um their offense. So I guess Vegas is like thinking like thirty-eight to nothing. Is that kind of what we're the logic here? Um, maybe. Uh, Probably their, more. Their defense is bad. They're it's we're probably going to score <laughs> score more than thirty-eight. To be honest with you, um, but it could be thirty yeah. nothing at halftime. I mean, if if everything goes well, it could be thirty nothing at halftime. Oh, absolutely, it can. Um, because they're and the only reason it would be forty-two to nothing is because time right now. You don't have to kick a field goal before the. Or you going in the locker room? Yeah, or Stetson throws a pick. Either one. Um, they can. They can all happen. There'll be plenty of time because they're going to go three and out every drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, their offense is pretty much uh, Tyler Batty. Uh, here's the running back. He's like ten yards shy of a thousand um, this year. Um, I thought Connor Bazelak was going to have a better year. Um, not so much. Boy, it's just got, a sophomore slump. It's just yeah. a sophomore slump. We'll, we'll, we'll call it that. He's got eight picks. Um, defense definitely isn't helping the offense out at all. Um, you know, they only beat Vandy last week by nine points. Um, hey, let me relax, say that again. Let me, let me say that again. They only beat nine, Vandy by nine points. Hey, dude, chill, um, bro. Yeah, well, I mean, what are, what's your point? The fu- What do you mean by that? Um, Vandy's good. They beat uh, North Texas by At 13. What? baseball Baseball. jinx um yeah they this is i mean they're like maybe a a tear up from vandy um you know i don't i don't really 
know what else to say. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a slaughter. Um, hopefully a lot of young guys get to play. Um, that's pretty much why I watch the game is to watch the defense dominate and then hopefully some young guys can come in and get some good, good playing time. You know, the, the only thing I really have to say about this is that Missouri's Missouri's a fairly liberal school. So it's entirely possible they press charges or sue the university of Georgia. I mean, there's, there's going to be some sort of litigation after this game. I mean, I'm surprised we're not paying them to come play us. They, I mean, they probably wanted to back out already. Is it a home game? I, I would. Um, yeah. Yeah. They'll probably oh, have God. a solid, solid stance for filing for assault charges after the game. I mean, I, th- yeah. We'll see. It we'll is, see what it looks like halftime. Att- and then- attempted murder, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> if this, if, it, if this was last year, they would, they probably would have pulled a Vandy and been like, oh, we have players, um, you know, test positive. Yeah. So the whole team, all lost the taste. whole team happened to trace. <laughs> yeah. We all lost our taste in stone. We were all together for a Halloween party. We're really sorry. <laughs> all, all 65 of us. Yeah, we had a football team Halloween party, and we all got coached. <laughs> even the coaches were there. Yeah, even the coaches, everybody. The pilot that was supposed to fly us, he's got COVID. It's, <laughs> it's just not going to work out. Oh, man. Yeah, that- I don't think they're going to uh, score more than 13 points on our defense. Wow. I think I think Tennessee has the Old best shot of doing week. that. Yeah, I, I think Tennessee I has the best shot of doing that. Which I, I mean, agree. I thought Florida, I thought Florida was going to have a good shot of doing that, but they didn't come close. So, yeah, honestly, I feel like Florida just kind of like packed it up. They kind of did. One after we went on that run where we went up 24 nothing. And then, especially after that pick six, mine and Kobe, they were like, "All right, let's go home." Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of funny because Dan Mullen's like, "Yeah, like we're not in recruiting season yet." Like, bro, y'all's football season is over. You better start recruiting. <laughs> Signing days in what, like five weeks? Bro, you should have started recruiting like three weeks ago, my guy. Meanwhile, we're we're whooping that ass on the field, and we're taking their. Uh, top recruits, so I love it. I love Dan. Dan Mullen's probably my least favorite coach in the SEC or in all of That's college fair. football. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have any any objections to that. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll go ahead and go. Uh, we're oh, playing. Speaking of Dan Mullen, <laughs> yeah, we're playing Florida. Uh. 7.30 game at Williams-Brice. Um, Florida's kind of on a on a backslide here. They lost their last two games, LSU, and then obviously to Georgia. Um, but, you know, going back to look at Florida, um, I wanted to sit, to, watch, to look at their Alabama game, which is probably the best game they played in, look at the Vanderbilt game, which is probably the most dominant game they played, and then the Georgia game, which they got dominated in, kind of see, see what they did good, see – you know, how Georgia just beat the shit out of them like that. Um, looking at their offense, they're 11th in total offense, uh, sixth in rush and 56 in passing. So, you know, they're going to run the ball. Um, but, I mean, surprisingly, I guess not really that surprising, but their two quarterbacks, Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson, are their two leading rushers. Um, but that's not necessarily to say they don't have good running backs. Damian Pierce is a good back. Um, 
and they definitely use him a, a decent amount. Um, did you did you happen to see Demarcus Bowman at all in any of the games that you watched? Has he has he played? Is he on the team? Like, uh, I mean, he has he has twelve carries, um, but no, not really. He didn't, he didn't play in the Georgia game. Pierce <laughs> is their best running back. I don't know why they don't run him more. Yeah. They he got averaged the, like 10, 10 yards a carry against yeah, us. Yeah, they, they, they got three guys that they kind of interchange in there, Pierce, Malik Davis, and then Naquan Wright. Um, and they're all they're all good backs. Um, they all have over 50 carries and, and you know, between 250 and 350 yards. Um, so nothing crazy, but they run the ball a lot. Um, obviously, they're six and rush. But typically, they're in 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end. Um, they use a lot of bunch formations, um, and they like to run when they run the ball with the running back. Uh, they like to run toward the weak side, so they'll bunch with the with two receivers and a tight end on one side, and, and kind of run toward the weak side, um, pretty consistently. Uh, obviously, they it use works, play. Though. Yeah, they use play action a lot because you know they run the ball a lot. They use play action. I mean, almost every single play, they're out there running some sort of play action. Um, you know, I saw, I guess, Anthony Richardson. I don't know who's going to start, honestly. I didn't even listen to – actually, Dan Mullen cut off his, his press conference short, so I don't know if he said anything <laughs> about it. But I don't know who which one's starting, but it seems like with Anthony Richardson in the game, they spread the receivers out more. They go with more of a kind of a balanced look too wide on both sides. Um, I'm not sure – I'm not sure if that's – I'm not sure why they do that with Anthony Richardson, but Emory Jones, they seem to use that bunch formation a lot. Um, uh, they, they use a lot of motion, and, you know, they, they get into some sort of funky uh, sets, but they, they run pretty simple plays out of them. Uh, they like inside zone, zone runs, and, um, I mean, Dan Mullen can drop a pretty good route concept, um, but they don't do anything crazy. Uh, they like to take deep shots down the sideline when you get when they get one on one coverage, which is pretty normal for any team. Um, and then you know, so they're they're a pretty solid offensive team, I guess. Defensively, they're thirty six in total defense, twenty third in uh, passing defense, and sixty fourth in rushing. Uh, their defense has struggled, to say the least. Todd Grantham is is his seat is not is not cool. Um, he might be looking at his 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 last season in Gainesville down there, but uh, defensively they don't they don't do that much special. Um, through the three games that I kind of skimmed through and watched, they ran they run a lot of cover too. Uh, they like to to run man coverage sometimes. Uh, uh, they'll do man coverage to the one receiver to the single receiver side, and then do a little zone um, on the other side, which is usually the field side. Um, but you know, they usually keep, keep two guys up top. They'll, they'll slide into kind of a cover three zone, um, where they'll, they'll have a one high safety look and then, uh, to two corners to drop back into deep thirds. Um, and that's a lot, a lot of time when they do that, they're sending a blitz. Um, but, uh, watching the Bama and Georgia game, they didn't blitz a whole lot. Uh, they blitzed substantially more against Vanderbilt, obviously. Um, so I would assume that they're not going to be afraid to blitz us, um, you know, is, is Zeb going to start? I mean, who's going to no, play quarterback? Jason Brown. Okay. So third string. Um, but yeah, def defense isn't anything special. I mean, they're not great, um, but obviously our offense isn't great either. Um, for South Carolina, the defense has to be able to. We got to be able to 
we have to be better at stopping the run. Our linebackers are just not very good at run fits. Um, our linebackers just aren't very good overall. Um, they're just I was about too, to say, I mean, you could argue run fits are like their number one priority. Yeah, they're they're two guys, and they're both older guys, and they play a lot of football. But um, I don't know; they're just not as athletic as as you want in that spot. Um, Damani Staley, he might get a lot of tackles, but he gets beaten coverage a lot, and, and he's always, uh, f- you know, hitting the wrong gaps and just leaving leaving holes wide open. So that could be a huge problem against Florida. Um, you know, try to try to limit the big plays. They run a lot of play action, obviously, like I said, uh, and then they'll, they'll throw it deep down the sideline. So our, our DBs can't have their eyes caught in the backfield, uh, which they tend to do a lot. Um, Florida team's going to run a lot of play action. Um, so got to stay disciplined on the, on the back end. And, yeah, like I said, Jason Brown, third-string quarterback's coming in. We're going to have to simplify, simplify play calling. Um, hopefully we can run the ball effectively. It's obviously, I mean, we're never getting back to the way we ran last year, um, but it just needs to be effective, uh, effective enough to, to at least open up some passing lanes. Um, yeah, we're going to have to try to use play action. We're going to need to get tied in Jaheim Bell the ball more. Uh, he's, a, he's a playmaker, you know, one of the, one of the better ones on our offense. Uh, so I think play action kind of um, – Taking, taking some quick routes over the middle of the field with Jaheim Bell would be good. I saw some some gaps where their linebackers would would kind of get caught up and caught up in the line. Um, so maybe we can use that. Uh, use running backs in the passing game. Juju McDowell, the freshman, and Zaquandre White. They're both good guys that can catch out of the backfield. And and Juju has been lined up in slot a little bit. Um, so need to be able to do that. And then also you know mix in Kevin Harris and and Marshawn Lloyd and give them some inside zones and and things like that and hope hope we can we can get four or five yards on that and then take shots one-on-one down the sideline um like i said they're they're in a lot of man coverage so if you can get a one-on-one just take a shot to josh van down the sideline uh jalen brooks has made some good plays so i mean you can't be can't be scared to take take a shot um you know i say all this to get to the conclusion that even though us in florida have the same record um these teams aren't evenly matched uh we're going to have to have a lot go our way um, to even get this game into the fourth quarter. We're going to have to have a bunch of turnovers. Florida is going to have to be shooting themselves in the foot. Um, there's going to have to be a lot to happen because, I mean, the spread is 18. So, um, you know, I mean, it is what it is. All right. We need, we need a score prediction. 28-13. Davini, you didn't give us one either. I don't, none of y'all did. So 28-14? 28-13. Okay. 28-13. Okay. So you covered. I mean, that's all that really matters at this point. Yeah. I mean, Florida okay. Florida is kind of – they're not in the best place just as a program right now, so they're probably going to be a little distracted. Um, you know, I, th- I mean, I hopefully we'll, they'll just quit. I think we'll probably get yeah get a couple turnovers, but I don't think it'll be enough because our offense is just – we're just not good. We're like 110 I mean, in, in red zone offense. And I mean, it just, it doesn't matter where we get the ball. We, we can't score. So I will say, you know, last week you asked, you asked Georgia's defense to kind of like beat them up a little bit, and like, you know, soften them up. And I think they did exactly I that. I think, yeah, I think they did. I think Dan Mullen is just shook right now. Yeah. Yeah. Their whole team is just like, all right, I'm going to head out. Yeah. Hey, maybe, maybe they come out and just lay an egg. Um, or maybe they come out pissed off 
from the from the Georgia loss and beat our ass, you know. Probably the latter, but you yeah, never but I mean, know. <laughs> you never know. You got to stay optimistic. I'm not saying we could win this game, but if we could just get into the fourth quarter, I think that would that would be okay. We we've seen crazier things happen. We have, yeah. So, but yeah, I would so, almost be more surprised for them to come out like, with their hair on fire than I would be if they they just like no one gave a shit. True. Yeah. That seems that be, since a, they gotta travel. That seems more like more like gonna make it worse. Team. Yeah, it seems more like a Florida yeah, team I mean, to come out flat than to come out with their hair on fire. But you never know. Anyways, we can just move on to uh, the Clemson game. Yeah. So, um, you know, playing another team who, talent wise, we are far superior than, but um, we almost certainly will be in an absolute bare knuckle fist fight with. Um, so basically every other game this season, this one's going to go exactly the same as all the others. Um, but, you know, when we have the ball, uh, offensively, we just need to keep feeding Will Shipley. Uh, we're going to have Kobe Pace back this week. Um, he's out with COVID um, against Florida State. So with him back in there, I think it'll probably be more of an even workload. Obviously, uh, Shipley outpaced Moffa in terms of carries and snaps quite significantly. So um, hopefully we won't run him in the ground quite like that with with Kobe back out there so you know again I like the fact that we mixed we mixed in more throws to to Shipley into the backs in general so hopefully hopefully we'll see that continue especially if he's not having to carry the ball 20 25 times um and I mean frankly you know Louisville is not a very good defense overall I mean they're allowing 415 yards a game 280 to the air about 135 on the ground um and they just took another blow uh to a, a bad secondary just lost their really their only decent player uh, in Keetro Clark. Uh, he tore his ACL Saturday against NC State. So, again, a, a bad secondary losing by far their best player. I mean, does this help us? Uh, does it give us a chance to, to throw the ball any better? I'm going to go with no, just off of evidence. But, you know, I really have no clue. Uh, but I do fully expect us to at least try. I feel like you have to. Uh, so even if you can't throw the ball that effectively – against a, a secondary that's this beat up and frankly this vulnerable. I mean, you gotta you gotta at least try it. Um, but you know, back to the running game, I mean, we're averaging 150 yards a game on the season. Um, and over the last month we're we're closer to 165, 170. Um, so October was a much better month for us offensively than September at least in terms of, of running the football. So, you know, glad to see the offensive line just be a little bit more cohesive there. Um, but, you know, we did we did have Mason Trotter and Will Putnam get banged up um, on Saturday. So given the way everything has gone this year, specifically with injuries, I, I, I mean, I fully expect one or both of them to be out, not be available for this game. Um, and if that happens, then – I think 140, 150 yards is about as good as I could hope for. Um, but again, you know, need to be better on third downs if we, if we can. Um, you know, I don't remember. Um, I listened to the game on the radio and listened to the, the Clemson broadcast for a minute um, towards the end of the third quarter, and I don't remember exactly what the stat was, but there was something that was talked about on third and five and shorter. Uh, DJ was completing about 30% of his passes. Um, that's good. That's not, that's not that's good. Solid mark. But, but on third and seven and longer, he was, I think, nine for 
18 or 9 for 19. So he's about 50%. So while I've most of the season I've preached, we're not good. We have to stay ahead of the chains. Maybe, maybe it's better if we're like third and six, third and seven, third and 35. You know, I mean, maybe that's when DJ's like, okay, I'm probably not going to get this. So I'm just going to throw it. Um, I don't know though. It, it, it's, it's, it baffles me at this point. I really have nothing else to say about it except for the fact that I'm going to continue to keep talking about it and saying that I have nothing to say about it. Um, but yeah, moving on. I mean, obviously I think for DJ, the biggest thing right now is we need to find him more easy throws that don't involve our wide receivers trying to block defensive backs because the whole screen thing we do, uh, it's terrible. Um, so, you know, I'd love to see more spacing concepts, especially since we have Davis Allen, the tight end, splitting out like in the slot quite a bit. Um, just stuff like that where everybody runs like a five-yard curl. Um, you know, Louisville mixes up their coverages. Uh, they're mostly a zone team, but they, they do run some man. Um, so I think against zone coverage, you know, we might have some some holes our guys can sit down in and, and, and just try and use Davis Allen across the middle, get Shipley out of the backfield across the middle. Um, you know, I, I, re I really don't know what else to say about the offense. Let's try and run the ball consistently and hit a couple throws and, you know, score a couple touchdowns and we'll, we'll hope the defense hangs on. Um, the only, I mean, now that, now that Keisha Clark is hurt, the only real guy on Louisville's defense that I think is a game breaker is uh, Yasir Abdullah, uh, number 22. He's an, he's listed as an outside linebacker, but he's, he's like a stand-up blitzer. Um, obviously when you consider the fact that he leads the team with six sacks in the year, um, all their linebackers are active. Uh, both their inside backers are, I think, fourth or fifth year guys. So they're, um, you know, they're really, they're really starting to, uh, <clears throat> starting to play well um, as far as making tackles. But again, like I said, Louisville's not all that great of a team uh, defensively. And when they're on offense, I mean, it's all about Malik Cunningham. He's he's been a lot a lot better um, this year than he was last year. Um, he has three more attempts on the season than DJ does, but he has 612 more passing yards, um, which is kind of shocking when you consider the fact that his stats are not gaudy in the passing department. They're good, but they're not like crazy. I mean, Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral and these guys still have eight, nine, a thousand more yards than he does. So, um, yeah, but, you know, he's – I mean, he's also been like a really – big threat for them running the ball, especially in the red zone. He's got 13 rushing touchdowns in the year. I think he's got nine passing touchdowns. Um, he's got five. I mean, if you take out the fact that he's got like 50-something uh, yards lost on 11 sacks this year, if you take those out, he's he's got over 600 yards of, of you know, rushing. Um, <clears throat> averaging a little over five yards of carry. Um, but again, I mean, the running backs for them have lots of carries. Um, have decent yardage outputs, but he's their leading rusher. Um, and their running backs, they've got one guy with three, one guy with one in terms of touchdowns. So he's got 13 touchdowns. Their running backs have four rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, when you get in goal-to-go situations, I think I think we all know who's going to get the ball. Um, but, you know, again, this is still a Scott Satterfield team. They're mostly a, uh, a stretch blocking scheme. Um, a lot, a lot of zone. Um, <clears throat> so even on play action, I mean, they're still like run blocking and stuff. It's kind of, it's kind of weird, but that just makes gap assignments super important um, because obviously 
in a in a stretch scheme, if if one guy splits her off, it's just going to end up being a huge hole. Uh, so cutback lanes, linebackers are going to have to going to have to fit well. Uh, but it's also equally important that our defensive ends set the edge because if you get pushed off the edge, then they're going to have guys just running around you, and our linebackers are probably not fast enough sideline to sideline uh, to go get them. So, <clears throat> you know, for the reason that defensive ends are going to have to set the edge, I think they're probably going to stay away from Miles Murphy because he's he's a beast. I mean, that's kind of the short answer. But you know, honestly, they I mean they run for over 200 yards a game. And they, they're throwing for like 220 a game. So a fairly balanced attack in terms of production, but they're running the ball 57% of the time, which is pretty much on brand for Satterfield. Um, but I think really what that does is sets up play action to take shots. So, you know, it's, it's going to be one of those games for us. I think it'll be another four-letter word. Um, they do have one guy on offense. They're tight end, Marshawn Ford. Uh, he's pretty versatile. He's like 6'1 or so, and they – they run around quite a bit um, and move him, move him to different spots in the field. He leads the team and catches. He's 14 yards off the lead in yards. Um, you know, in, in past years, the last two years, he's had 13 touchdowns, and this year he's only got one. Uh, and I think that just goes to show the fact that their red zone play calling is pretty much geared towards Malik Cunningham running ball. Um, <clears throat> but you know, we have had some some games where we've we've let the the tight end hurt us a little bit, uh, more so in volume than anything. You know, Brock Bowers had six catches for 43 yards. Uh, Boston College's uh, tight end, Trey Berry, had seven catches for 82 yards. Um, you know, but, a you know, a couple weeks ago we had Pitt, who, I mean, you could argue Lucas Kroll is probably the best receiving tight end uh, that we've seen. I guess Brock Bowers doesn't really count. He's turned into a better one. But, um, you know, when we saw him, he wasn't he wasn't that part of the of the offense yet, just more volume. Um, but Lucas Crow only had two catches for 29 yards. So I'll be interested to see kind of how they work him around and, and how they try and create a matchup with him because we are mostly a zone, uh, zone covers team. So there, there are typically little holes that he can settle down in and, you know, pick up some yards. And like I said, he's, he's the guy that they target the most. So it would make sense for them to, to try and do something like that. But, um, you know, my prediction for this one is interesting because it's a four-point spread. Um, and my initial read on this one was like 24, 21, something like that. And then I started looking at the team's averages. Um, so Clemson averages just over 21 points a game. Um, and Louisville averages giving up about 29 and a half. So the average there is 24. Um, our defense gives up about 15. Um, and they score, you know, around 25. So the average there is putting Louisville at 22. So when I look at it, it's pretty much 24-21, like I thought. But I'm going to go 24-22 just, just because of the math. Um, so, yeah, again, another four-letter word, another ugly game, another fist fight. Survive in advance. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I like the prediction. Um, yeah, well, I guess I guess there we go. Um, I don't really have anything anything to say about that game. I don't really know. I haven't watched much Louisville. Um, I don't think I've watched a single game that Louisville's played in. <laughs> I mean, they're not as awful as you might expect, but they're they're about what you expect. Yeah. So the fact that I'm not confident we'll win the game is pretty telling. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I guess we can move move into the week ten picks here. Same if you want to. Yeah. Me and Sid are tied now. So, Sid, do you want to go first or? Tied for yeah. last, baby. Yeah. Um. So Vinny and I are also tied. So yeah. it's kind of whatever. Yeah, Sam, go ahead and introduce it. Then it'll just it'll go first. Yeah. After him. So um. So yeah, we're under a little bit of a time constraint here because we're we're trying to to watch Game Six of the World Series. So we're we're not going to give you guys the in depth breakdowns on our picks that we normally do. Um. But it doesn't matter. Our, our picks because we suck anyway. Yeah, we're, we're yeah, bad so we're anyway, just, so it doesn't really matter. We're just gonna we're gonna run through this. Um, love them or hate them, this is not betting advice. Uh, that's I'm gonna leave it at that. <clears throat> so the first game we got uh, a little nooner. Well, this is a Friday night game, actually. A little Friday night lights in the ACC. Um, we got Virginia Tech going on the road uh, to play Boston College. Virginia Tech's a three point favorite here, coming off a win against Tech. Um, I'm taking the Hokies here. They're they're favored. They're coming off a, a pretty good win. So yeah, yeah. Uh, give me the Hokies as well. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I'm taking the Hokies. Hokies all the way around, baby. There we go. Clean sweep for VT. Um, next game is a little bit interesting on the line. We got Wake Forest who debuted tonight at number nine in the playoff rankings. Uh, they're going on the road to play Sam Howell in North Carolina. UNC's a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this one, which is a little bit surprising. Um, while I fully believe that UNC can score with them, I feel like they, you know, I mean, they didn't come this far and only come this far. But, yeah, give me give me, give me, uh, give me, me the fighting Dave Clausens. Yeah, my bad, guys. I'm uh, over here trying to get off mute. I'm, I'm also taking Wake in this one. They're obviously the better team. Yeah, I'm also – I'm surprised that that UNC's favored. I mean, Sam Howell's good, but Sam Hartman for Wake is also really good, so give me Wake. Are you still podcasting? Yeah, give me uh, Wake here as well. Yeah, a little bit of, little bit of Sam on Sam violence here. Um, so, next game we have uh, – we have GT. We have the Yellow Jackets going to Miami to play the Nike Shock Bandits, who are a 10-point favorite here. Um you know the way the way Miami's played the last two weeks, and the way Georgia Tech's played the last two weeks make this one pretty self-explanatory. I'm going with the I'm going with the Nike Shocks. Yeah, got a rivalry squad. I can't can't bet against them. So going with Tech. Yeah, I I feel bad. I want to take Georgia Tech, but uh, I I just got to go Miami. Their offense is is clicking a little bit better. So just to be safe here, going Miami. Going with the Hurricanes as well. Yeah, we're, we're picking with our head, not our heart. Um, let's see, next game, you know, obviously we're super good at picking Big 12 games, so I'll put another one on here. Oklahoma State minus three on the road at West Virginia. Um, I have no idea. I feel like either team could lose, um, either team could win. But I'm going to go with Oklahoma State because they're favored, they have more wins, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's – You mean the fight in Gundy, baby. Uh yeah, give me OK State. Yeah, um, I rival OK State as well. There we go, go Pokes. Uh, now, arguably the only good game of the week, uh, the only ranked on ranked matchup I saw. Uh, we got Auburn going to College Station, Texas A&M, obviously a favorite at home by four and a half. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, Auburn's Auburn's played good football. Did A&M beat Bama? Yeah. But I'm I'm gonna take Auburn here. Yeah, uh, give me all. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. 
I got Texas A&M in this one, so I'm gonna take Texas A&M. Yeah, this this is. I don't know. I can't decide if I'm I'm ready to to say that Auburn's a real deal yet. Um, you know, it's it's at Texas A&M, which is a pretty hostile environment. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take Texas A&M. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to Auburn. Um, I was actually leaning toward Texas A&M. Um, I think uh, I don't know why it's a four and a half spread. Um, maybe they see something that we don't. Um, so I'm gonna ride with Texas a Do you think it should be higher or lower? Lower. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So uh, I know we have a big Auburn contingency out there. So this one's for you guys. Don't let me down. Um, <laughs> next game up, we got Mississippi State, Arkansas. Arkansas at home is a five point favorite. Um, Will Rogers from Mississippi State set a record last week. I'm pretty sure he was like 31 of 34 passing, and he's been going absolutely dummy. Um, and, you know, I mean, Arkansas got lit up by Ole Miss. So I'm just thinking, again, you know, Mike Leach, he might, he might do it. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take Mississippi State here. Uh, yeah, I'm going with Arkansas. Yeah, I, I got to go with Sid. I got to go with Arkansas here. I still think they're a good team. They kind of slid a little bit there in the middle of the schedule with Georgia, Mississippi State, and then Auburn. Um, but I think I think their defense can handle Mississippi State. Um, I think I'm gonna ride with Arkansas as well. Okay, so I have I have a lot to lose here. Um, next game up is Tennessee and Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky minus one at home. Um, I just feel like Tennessee's going to outscore them, to be honest with you. Tennessee's either going to win by 20 or get beat by 20, and there's really no in-between. So, I'm, you know, I'm going to take Tennessee here reluctantly. I'm going to go with Kentucky, actually. So, is – I guess Hendon Hooker's not hurt. Um, this is another tough game. Kentucky is also kind of sliding. They just lost to Mississippi State last week. Um, yeah, give me Tennessee. Okay. I'm going to go um, with Kentucky right here, I think. All right, perfect. Uh, next one up, a little, little Pac-12 action. We got Oregon. Favored six and a half going on the road to Washington. Washington has played consistently bad would probably be the, the most applicable word there. They're not a good football team, so I'm taking Oregon. I'm going to assume that we're probably all taking Oregon here, but, yeah, roll ducks. Yeah, I'm surprised the spread's only six and a half. Um, but That's yeah, what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm going – yeah, we're all going to Oregon here. So, so do we just want, we just want to move on? Yeah. Unless, yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, so we have Texas, who is uh, now specializing in. I mean, do I even want to talk about the pole assassin and the monkey, or do I want to talk about the fact that they <laughs> love to get ahead in the in the fourth quarter and then absolutely piss down their leg? Um, I don't know which is the more interesting storyline, to be honest with you. Um, but new month for Texas. Um, will it get better? No. I mean, told you they're playing. Iowa State, who's a six and a half point favorite at home, 
Um, and Brees Hall is probably going to run all over their defense. And, uh, you know, Texas will probably be up like four points with five minutes to go and give up a game-winning drive because that's that's what that's they just, do. Yeah, that's what they do. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Iowa, Iowa State. Um, I, I just can't – I can't pick Texas. No, I'm out with Texas. Yeah, same way. Yeah, I think we all got we all got Iowa State there. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for the picks. Uh, when this when this podcast drops, the World Series will be over, so we'll know. Um, it could end tonight, Tuesday night, or you know, who knows? But uh, hopefully, it ends tonight. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm tired you. of staying up till midnight. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But anyways, if you're still out there, thank you for listening. Um, peace.